0: Welcome to the Up The Cream Podcast 2022, Episode 18. I'm Don Tomlinson, joined as always by Rich Harrison, a.k.a. Pommy Rich. How are you doing, Paul? I'm oh, full of the flu, mate,
1: but other than that, I'm all good.
0: Good stuff. Uh, batting on like a good soldier, then? Oh, always, always,
1: mate. Yeah. Not all heroes wear
0: kids, mate. It's all good. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. Um, a bit of a humbling result, if you like, for Hull FC. On Friday night, going to the three-peat Super League champions, so it must be said are absolutely outstanding. Losing 24-10, but i tell you what, that result doesn't really tell the full picture. I thought, oh, in the first half, arguably edged it. You know, the more match, matched St. Helens. They gave a good account of themselves. I think there was definitely some positives. Obviously, there was some negatives as well as the game wore on. But, you know, overall, I think, you know, a fair account of ourselves, really. Obviously, there's plenty to go on. There's plenty to improve on still. But it wasn't as bad as it could have been, put it that way.
1: Not at all, not at all. And, and you've got to say, total sucker punch, um, losing a, a, a score just before half time. How many times does that cruel a team, lose, losing a try just before half time? And what got me as well was, their first try was our old move, wasn't it? You know, the, the kind of... <laughs> the tap um, penalty play.
0: Getting,
1: yeah, the tap penalty <laughs> yeah. play it was our old move. I thought that was taking a piss a
0: bit. Yeah, that's Helton, <laughs> that was Houghton's baby, that, wasn't it? Um, yeah, the little yeah. tap play, reverse side. uh Yeah, hit the band. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. that's
1: that's how f uh, Fanua scored against Rovers, the twenty nil and you screwed it up game, remember? Yeah. That's that was our old pet play and that really paid me off did that. But <laughs> um yeah, I mean to lose that, that try just before half time is a sucker punch that that you know, it's hard to come back from when you're playing the best team in the league,
0: you know? They're past masters at it, St Helens. How many times do they yeah. go back where they go? You know, a few minutes before half time and they hit you and they get and they get the ascendancy and I think that shows shows what they're all about because you know they was under the caution that first half. It was Hull that had the yeah. better opportunities and chances to score, and I thought we pinned them really well in their own half. We made them come out a lot. As I say, we, we played the game yeah. in the right areas. We just couldn't quite get over the line. There was Liggy South almost went over. I think Jack Brown again went close. There was a couple yeah, of opportunities. Yeah, dropped the ball over, yeah, the, line. Yeah. The, ball over yeah. the line. Yeah, there was a couple of moments where we, we could we, we could have maybe with a little bit more now, a little bit more finesse, we could have got at them even more and. You know, I thought Old Pack was absolutely outstanding. You know, we're talking about first half performances. Well, Liggy Sowell played the full first half, he was incredible. And then followed that up in the second as well with another big stint. Uh, it's just a shame that we you know we fell away and obviously St Helens do what they do best. I mean, they're, they're outstanding. Sometimes sometimes it's easy to you know, when they'll get beat just to pick the bones out and say he won't good enough, you know, this won't go enough that. But sometimes you look at your opposition, and you just think, Wow, I mean St Helens St Ellens are absolutely magnificent. They've got Probably the best hooker that's graced the English game in the past twenty years in James Roby. They've got yeah. Johnny Lomax on <laughs> on one arm. <laughs> it brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, they they do just enough, don't they? Yeah, that, that's the thing. They, they don't they don't do more than they have to. They do just enough to win the game in hand. And um, yeah, it was a it was an absolute masterclass of of how to manage a game. Really, we just happened to
0: be on the wrong end of it. Yeah, it did it did wind me up a little bit that have comrade who obviously you know ran away from the. Yeah. They try that really that really took the game away from Hull when he put he put Johnny Max in actually uh, but yeah it, it was a one on one miss from Hull's left edge and he managed to get away and that was a bit frustrating because thought other than that we dealt with him you know uh, okay I mean it was obviously a, a raw left edge I mean but yeah it, it is what it is sometimes I think sometimes you do have to applaud your opposition and yeah St. Owens are they're outstanding it's you know we think of St. Helens teams and we think you know, they're, they're flashy they're good with the ball they throw it about they score good tries but but this St Allens team under Christian Wolfe is tough, you know, they're tough as nails, they really are, they're, they're stronger they're in your face, and the line speed is incredible, and they seem to get just as much satisfaction out of, you know, jumping off that line and smashing you, as they do score in tries, and that's that, That's that's the game in a nutshell, it is about defence, and defence is obviously what wins, what wins Super League titles, and that's why they've won three in a row, and it's easy to say, oh yeah, maybe Hunt needed a bit more finesse, a bit more nouse, nice. but sometimes you can only really play what your opposition let you sometimes you know and the defensively I thought St Owens were incredible particularly in that first pass.
1: yeah agreed uh, agreed and, and look we'll get, on to the, we'll get on to what's happened in the NRL over the weekend but um, obviously there's a team looking for a coach at the moment after Barrett went from, from the Bulldogs and all of the mail across here has been that Christian
0: Wolf is a real contender because he's done such a good job well it's not uh, surprising he, he, he took over a winning, a winning club with a winning culture and he's made it better mm. you know uh, and that's that's what you want
1: in it. So, yeah, um the 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 male is that uh, he's been strongly considered for it. Whether he whether he wants it or not, um, he's, he's almost immaterial. You know that everyone's saying that he's a he's a red hot contender
0: for it. So. Well, it's, it's not surprising because like you say, to take a championship side and think, all right, what can I do with these? Oh you know, I'll make them even better. I'll make them tougher. I'll make them even more resilient. And yeah, he has his bits and that one's better. And, it's funny because people still think of that 2006 St. Ellen's team as the best that's ever graced a competition. Obviously, they dominated for a couple of years, but only did win one grand final, though, because they got beat by Leeds three years in a row after that, didn't they? But you think, this one's one yes. three in a row. They're likely to go and win four in a row. Now, that, that's nothing short of phenomenal, if they, if they do do all that. And you, saw a look at, you look at where Hull are at right now. Well, we said we'd be happy with a top six finish. We're currently fifth. A fourth place finish is not beyond the realms of possibility this year. With you know, yep. Warrington being a basket case, Leeds being a basket case, you know, Castle Rowers being hit and miss, it's 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 up there for us. You know, it's going to be between us and Huddersfield, I think. And you know, yep. we're talking right now, saying, oh, "All yeah, right, I don't think we're actually going to drop below fifth. Well, that's that's a very satisfactory season if we can do that, and it was sort of like a measure of where we are. And you know what, we've took we've lost to St. Helens thirteen times in a row now. We haven't beaten them since uh, two thousand and seventeen. Yep. And we've been humbled. We've been absolutely stuffed in some of those. We're talking 62 points the last time, the last time we went with fans to Langtree Park. And I will call it Langtree Park, not the ridiculous name that it's done now. Same with Wakefield. Wakefield's Bellevue, Cassius' Weldon Road. <laughs> St. Helens' Langtree Park. But yeah, uh, it, it, it's, it sounds daft and it sounds a little bit defeatist, but... When you're only losing 24-10 instead of, you know, your 30-40s and your 50s and even your 60s in this case, it does signal a little bit of progress. And that's what we said about the left side. When we do get beat, because we do accept that we're not going to win every week, it's impossible unless you're St. Helens, it's about how you get beat. It's about about staying in that fight, staying in that grind. And I tell you what, I will come on to a little bit of things which did piss me off a little bit with Hull, but as far as fight goes, as far as resilience goes, as far as staying in the ground and not withering away goes, you know, we ticked all those boxes. 100%,
1: Hundred percent, yeah. I mean, it's 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 never been about it's never been about um, our um, our desire to win, our will to win, our you know our ability to grind. It's never been about that. It's always been about execution, like from from day one this this season. When we execute well, we win because we've got the work ethic. The work ethic is almost unquestioned at the moment at this point, but it's just executing. And, and the dumb players, unfortunately, we, we had. A half-back who's not a half-back and a 5-8 uh, who, you know, passed the ball into touch, kicked the ball out in the fall uh, and didn't have the best, you know, didn't exactly cover himself for glory. And and we still only lost by a small margin, you know, so, um, yeah, I mean, you can't say it's mission accomplished by any by any um, stretch of the imagination, but we're, God, we've got to be on the right track if we're playing like this. We have to be on the right track.
0: It's it's exactly what we were saying before the Covid outbreak hit Hull last year where under Brodson we got this week in week out we got that fight we got that resilience and obviously Covid happened we came back it just wasn't the same and what happened happened but this year we've picked up where we left prior to that Covid outbreak and we have that fight every week and we have that resilience every week and I can live with that you know if we we get that it's the minimum expectation of a fan don't get me wrong that's what you should get I mean you're paying good money to watch the team every week you expect them to turn up and at least have a dig. All oh, have done that, but it's easier said than done sometimes, And especially you know it can be it can be intimidating going to places like St. Helens on a Friday night, you know, in front of the cameras, you know, 3 Pete Super League champions. But you know Hull, they, for, for big parts of that first half, they went there and they rattled them. And this is where you can you can go down the, the praise route. And the, the pack were absolutely outstanding. There was obviously individuals that really excelled. There was probably one or two that were carried by others. Don't get me wrong, but. You know, Liggy Sal was immense. He's been absolutely incredible for weeks on end now. As has Manuel, Mao. Yeah. Manu Mao's been a wrecking ball. And that was with a big spell in the middle as well. So he got moved there uh, from the left edge into the middle and he held his own again. He, he was brilliant. I thought, Jack Brown, he's 21 yeah. years old. Brilliant. He's he going to be. If he keeps up this progression. I remember I actually did an interview with uh, St. Alan's uh, fan site, RedV.net. And they asked me a few questions. This was prior to 2021. It said, uh, yeah, "What I'm young, yeah, what young player are you particularly looking forward to seeing?" I said, "Jack Brown." It said every time, yeah. every time I see Jack Brown, he impresses me. Whether it's academy, reserves, or first team, he probably didn't quite kick on last year as I expected, but this year, wow, he's ever present. He has been nothing short of magnificent. He is having a hell of a season. He really is. And he, he's 21, yeah. 21 years old. It's a baby in yeah. prop years. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's only going to get better. It's just, he's just got to, like you said, you know, he's got to, we've we've all seen it before where we've had these kind of players that for a season we go, wow, this guy could be anything and then they've fallen away. But for him to be at this stage of his development now as a prop, that all goes very, very well for the future because props don't usually get anywhere near their full potential until they're in the mid-twenties. So, you know, for him to be where he is now and, and to be at the level of performance he is now, yeah, wow.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, excited. It is, it is. It's definitely time to getting excited, and it it goes with the, obviously the youth direction that the club are, are pulling all the, all their, you know, all their branches towards right now. And it's it's good to see. Uh, I thought the effort from those three was even more impressive, given that we lost Brad Fash after what five, six minutes, whatever it was, with that head collision. Um, not nice. Glad he's okay. Good to see that. Um, was it a head
1: collision, or was it a raised
0: forearm? Well, mate, whatever, whatever it was, raised forearm, elbow and head. It was Brad Fash's head, wasn't it? So we'll go with. Elbow and head collision then. Uh, good to see that he's okay, obviously. That's the main uh, yes. the main point yes. here. Um, also, it was nice to see, um, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, if I could probably seen, I put uh, the St. Ellen's doctors, just a thank you post to them, because apparently they were really good in handling the situation, obviously Push. dealing dealing with it on the field and obviously getting Brad you know, into a safe place off the field ready for the ambulance. So that was good to see. So obviously you've got to treat these things seriously right now. The sad news is obviously Brad Flash misses the Wigan game this week, but rugby league... I think we've said before, we? We get we get that right with head injuries, with head docs now. It's it's something that the sport have taken seriously for a while now, and I think it used to be a seven day thing, didn't it? So he could have, in, you know, a couple of year back, he could have actually played next week, but now it's been extended to eleven. I think yes. even though a player would want to play, even if his elbow was falling off, it's it's sensible. You've got to look after the welfare, aren't you? Especially what we've seen with ex players and yeah. the road they're going down right now with you know dementia and head not, you know. Should, yeah, you know... and
1: the last person that should be making any kind of call on whether they should be played the next week is the player themselves because yeah, they're yeah. always going to say yes, exactly, you know? yeah. always. And and that was always the thing, you know. The, you know, you, you I used to hear coaches say, "Well, if he tells me he's right, he's right." Nah, that, that that's that's had to change.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah change. it's to, yeah, because like you said, they would believe players. They'd play with uh, a leg falling off, an elbow falling yeah, off, a bro, you know. yeah. We've seen it. We've seen slamming Sam Burgess just play a full grand final with a fractured cheekbone. He couldn't even see out one eye. Don't matter though. He still carry on, didn't he? Yeah. That, that's the actually player. Yeah, and you look, look back and you look at his quality of life now with his shoulder, and he had to retire at thirty years old. So you know, there you go. But yeah, we definitely got that right. And um, yeah, I sort, I sort of think uh, with Flash obviously going as early as he did, it meant others had to stand up. And I just thought the three names that we've picked out there were. We're nothing short of incredible to be honest, though. You know, phenomenal efforts, and, and the pack was good. You know, we, we hit even satire when he came on had a couple of moments where he got at St. Helens. You know, we got him on the back foot, and we, we did rattle him for certain yeah, periods of that first yeah, half. Really did. Yeah. And that's not easily done, is it? These are a champions' no. side, and you know, with a bit more polish, we could have been looking at something different. We really could. uh 4 4, you know, going into the 39th minute of that game, and then obviously, Ignatius Parsi throws the offload out. and. Jack Wellesby, who always seems to score against all, obviously sucker punches as like you say before half time. But you know, if the full get the lead, you know if this, if the south player sticks and he, and he goes over and don't drop the ball, or if, you know if one of the kicks fault, I think there was one where Jake Connor kicked a cow, and he just just didn't get there. You know, uh, credit to the St yes. Owen's defence. Yes. So if if, if then players True. are coming off, we could be looking at something different. We could have been even been looking at a whole lead at half time. Yeah, absolutely, and and we
1: would have deserved it as well. You know, we, we, we matched them first half. Really did, but uh, you know, I thought the uh, a couple of things that, that I noticed was um, there was a couple of times we uh, we made a break and there was no one backing up. I noticed a couple of times if the what from what we said last week, you know, Connor's not that kind of fullback that backs up a break, we're expecting Reynolds to do it. Reynolds was nowhere, um, he wasn't quick enough, he wasn't there to back it up. Um, Saints went through the gears, they just upped the energy about 50 minutes. But ten minutes after the break, they just they just put the foot on the gas and they just left us for dead. Uh, I thought um, the Low try our left side left side defence was awful. Um, Griffin looked wanting for pace. Uh, Win missed the tackle, which you can't say that for Conway a lot. He, he doesn't do that a lot, but he did in that case. Um, yeah, I, I thought I've got to say I, I wrote down positives were McIntosh. I thought he did well again. Thought Johnston looked pretty good when he came on. he straightened us up. Oh. Although, by the time he came on,
0: the game the game come. was gone. You're right about Mackintosh. Yeah. He was absolutely outstanding. Have used every week? Was
1: great. Yeah, yeah. He just he's, he makes meters and he's lively. Mm. He just he just looks he just looks like he's 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 engaged. He's he's bought into the game plan. You know, he just looks like he's he's there. He wants to be part of things. Uh, and he's a young kid. You know, it's it's really good to say. try or uh, too, isn't mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I thought he was outstanding. I really did. Um, I thought negative-wise... I thought Brown, of course, was was great as well. Um, Negatives, I wrote down Reynolds. Uh, I thought Loverdue was quiet, but then again, I kind of... He didn't really get the opportunity to be anything other than quiet because of the way that we were playing and and who he was playing alongside, who, you know, wasn't particularly bossing. Um, I thought Griffin looked off the pace. And (sighs) Taylor... um, I just didn't think he ran with any purpose. I just thought he, he, just, he was very passive. I just thought he just kind of trundled into the line and, and, and didn't really bend the line at all. He just didn't seem to be... He didn't seem to be... I don't know, I don't know whether it's fit or... I don't know what it was, but he just... He, yeah, he, he just didn't seem great to me. Uh, and I know that's not a, a
0: popular um, thing because I've seen a few people say he had a really good game, but I didn't think he did. Well, this is the thing, mate. I mean, we, when we did the call last year the three of the players we singled out were Scott Taylor, Jamie Shaw and Danny Elton. And it didn't go down well with some people, did it? And they've still got a grudge about us now and they still like to put, you know, little tweets on on Twitter and, you know, Facebook posts, you know. But the the reality is, mate, it's not 2016 anymore, is it? And we've moved on as a club. he's six years older. He's six years older and his body's gone. I look at all his props right now. Liggy Stowe is absolutely immense. Jack Brown's immense, you know, Kane Evans has obviously got a low bar, but he will get better. Um, you know, Manu Mao even stepping Satai. up to the front row. Chris yeah. Saturday exactly. You know, Brad Flash when he's not getting knocked out. Uh, that's the level he's got to get to now. And how good is that? That we're saying that Scott Taylor's got to get to Brad Flash's level. That's that's what we want. That's what we're crying out for. You know, these young players obviously to to take the next step and get better, and they've done that. But look at those three senior players, and you know they've got a show some accountability and they can't live on previous endeavour and they've got to think about the right here right now and some people say okay this is only Taylor's third game back All right, I appreciate that yeah absolutely but we can't be holding those excuses forever can we he's had you know three games back now before this coming weekend he's got to start hitting his straps uh, Shaw on the wing got exposed twice it's as simple as that he was directly at fault for two tries it's as simple as yes. that everyone knows my thoughts on Danny Outen uh, was, here, here he goes again
1: but, Scholes was Scholes, mate. Just so, before we get on to how Scholes was was um, purely um positional naivety.
0: But you mentioned the tap. Just, you mentioned the tap penalty, didn't you? Already. Yeah. Um, and yeah. why are you getting caught out there? It, it was it, just stay on your bleeding. You know, stay stay on your yeah, wing. Just Stay Stay your lane. Yeah. Just nuts. Absolutely nuts. Definitely a bit of naivety there. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just frustrating because you know everyone will look at the highlight reel and they'll see Tommy makinson dance past Jake Connor for the final try when the game was gone. And they'll go, oh, Jake Connor this, Jake Connor that. Well, without Jake Connor, we get nilled. Simple as that. Cause he put the kick in for Mackintosh. Yeah. He put the pass Too out for assist. Carlos. Yeah, exactly. Well, technically, yeah. the assist goes down to Carlos, in better commas, Tom Brady, Tom of Harvey. Um, how the touch would miss that? I mean, what are they there for if they can't see that? It was at least a half a yard forward. But, you know, we'll take it. Obviously, got all to double figures on the night rather than just scoring the solitary four points so yeah we'll take it puts Macintosh eight tries in 10 games yeah thank you very much but that's a fact mate without jake connor we get nilled all right he's still our biggest threat he's our biggest attacking outlet and it's starting to frustrate me though because we've we've got an approach now at lfc where it's just uh it's just chuck it to connor and hope that something happens because no one else is stepping up the nine doesn't step up Josh Reynolds isn't stepping up. Joel Overduer, unfortunately, is becoming a passenger at six. Don't you? when he gets his hands on the ball, the running game looks dangerous. And there was a couple of moments uh, where he beat players with his footwork and you know, showed a little bit of that Fijian flair. But he's just, like I say, he's just not getting, he's not getting the ball when in his hands enough.
1: When you've got the Sky Sports commentary team saying he needs a run at, seven, at nine, because that's exactly what they said, they said we'd love to see him at nine because Danny Houghton's game is based around defence, not attack. And that's not what a modern hooker does. Okay. I was like, bloody hell, can I hear the angels singing? Uh,
0: yeah. Sodding hell, someone finally someone
1: is agreeing just,
0: with me. Can someone get that clip and just plaster it all over social media now so our <laughs> fan base can see it? Right, absolutely kills me saying it, because he's a club legend. He is a club yeah. legend. No one will ever take that away from him. He's a club legend for what he did at Wembley alone on Ben Curry, tackle 52. And it absolutely kills me saying that he's not good enough to play for FC anymore. But that's the reality, he isn't. He hasn't adapted his game. He's not a modern hooker anymore. There's no threat out of nine. And people will say, yeah, but we don't win enough rooks. But even when we do, and it's not just that, it's the distribution. It's laboured, it's slow. And Timo writes for us and listens to us. And he said, it probably costs us about 10, 15 metres a set with that slow distribution, the passing. And he's right, It he does. Yeah. It just holds yeah. us back time and time again. And people are starting to notice it now. You know, the media, obviously people on Sky... Some of our fans who are, you know, completely black and white blinkered. And on. There's, there's no satisfaction in saying this. It really isn't. And it, and it kills me. It really does, because he's a whole FC legend. But the reality yeah. is, you can't go on forever. <laughs> they make 60 tackles a game, are you? It's not a good thing.
1: It's not a good thing. No, that, and that's what we need to get away from. The worst thing that Super League ever did, in my opinion, was bringing this ridiculous thing in for the top tackler. You know, because you're basically admitting that a team can't defend. And it's all on one guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and these people going, oh, you know, the, these these Danny Houghton, they say like, they've only got to look at how many tackles he makes. Yeah, that's not a good thing. It's a really, really bad thing that he's doing that, and he's having to do that. And and we've all been blinded by tackle fifty two a little bit. And, and yeah, you know, it was phenomenal and an amazing thing to do. And we got on about this week in week out. But you know, I think people are starting to see now that, that we need to play more dairy. Look at Roby. You know, look at, look at, um, look at a hooker in, in the modern era. You know, I mean, you know, one minute he's down injured, and then he's running around to and putting a kick through and getting a, a six again. You know, it's just Danny Hatton couldn't have done that. He wouldn't have had the. He, he wouldn't have crossed his mind to do that. Do
0: you know what, that play? Just needs to elaborate on it a bit more. What he actually did is he popped his uh, finger back in. Finger back in. He popped yeah. his finger back in. Then sprinted 30 yards to the left, got the ball and then put the kick in and forced a repeat set. That's James Roby. He's nothing short of phenomenal. We've just said, we've just praised Hull and the pack of forwards, That the fact that they got on top of St. Owens, they went at St. Helens and they won the territory battle in the first half and it was St. Helens who were coming out from their line all the time. Yet yeah, it was James Roby still playing behind a rook that was beating at times because Hull's defence in the first half was very good and we did restrict St. Helens. And you can compliment yeah. them for that. But James Roby still got them out. He still kept them ticking over along. He stuck yeah. His distribution it was, still was perfect. Threat. Even though they were losing the ruck, he was still a threat. And that's the difference. People say, oh yeah. yeah, how many quick rucks does Danny Elton get? Well, actually, we was on top in that first half. And there was one incident where Danny Elton made a really good break in the first half and shock horror, yes. no one yes. was yes. with him. Yeah. But yeah. we can't live on that. Oh yeah, he made a good break, so he had a good game. No. I saw, um, it's, people would say that's, that's the reality now. He'll, he will he'll make a good break and then they'll see his tackle count and they'll think oh he had a really good game did he how did he affect our ruck going forward yeah. the 10 minutes after our time St Helens James Bell went to the sin bin you're thinking oh great it's only 10-4 we can get at St Helens again we can maybe draw level again and, and let's see where we go from here yeah. but no we horrendously managed the game our hooker hits a lead runner on the last tackle when you've got Connor at the so, back, yeah. I know it's obviously a little bit a little bit of irony here because I am saying all we do is trick it to Connor, but last tackle but you he hit, exactly he you, hit him. Yeah. you hit him, yeah. and they didn't. he didn't hit the lead option ten metres from the line and we turn the ball over. Yeah. Yeah. You've got eggless chicken Josh Reynolds, who when you have got players like Joe Loviger offloading the ball, he's he's got his head turned, he's got his hands on his hips and he's not there, and then he drops the ball because he's not looking. Yeah. And then you've got us losing that field position directly from that. We then give away a penalty, and in that 10-minute period, St. Helen's kick a f- uh, penalty goal and get a two-score lead. It was probably the worst advocate to how to manage a game when you're ma- when you're a man up. I thought, oh, in that 10-minute yes. period, we're rudderless. And that's and that, unfortunately, comes down to the seven, it comes down to the nine. Unfortunately, we're not good enough in either of those positions right now. There's no enjoyment in saying that. But I look at it, I'm, I'm a prop. I'm a prop. I've played 75% of my amateur rugby league career at prop. If I get to my point and I set the platform and I get my player the ball and then my idiot seven or my idiot nine screws up on the next play and I'm having to defend again, I'm sort of looking at him in the eye and thinking, you utter, utter bastard. Imagine how Liggy South felt. Imagine how Jack Brown felt. Imagine how Manuel Mao felt. They talk about accountability right now and what we're getting from those players. Well, what we're getting from our seven right now and what we're getting from our nine, it's not, it's not good enough. And it... It's week to week to week now where we're saying the same things. And we said the same things even in victory, We said it at Catalans, you know, Houten Yake was good for 50 minutes, but then he went off the ball. There was a couple of passes that hit the deck and ended, he ended up going off. And, you know, it's it's frustrating. It really is. And it's more frustrating, as you say, when you've got Sky Sports saying, you know, you've got Joel over Jury potentially something different, you know, a bit of flair, something that like Hulesi haven't had in a very long time, arguably since Aaron Jeremiah. Yet we have, we're having to play him at six because our six and seven aren't good enough. We've got, we've got to get away from this. We've got to, we've got to get this sorted out. And we can't just wait for next season. We can't just wait. For, oh yeah, we'll wait till J. Roman comes. We'll wait and see what happens if we bring in another another seven, or if we do bring another nine, which I think is unlikely because I think by all accounts Danny and standing a new one-year deal. So everyone but the club can see it now. That's the point we've reached. I just. I can't get my head around it mate I really can't and it's sort of getting to the stage now where you've had the uh, young Bownforth come in for a game and he looks sharp yeah it was only Toulouse but Toulouse won this weekend you know they're no mugs I'm not going to disrespect them came on he did a job he looked sharp you've got Loverdure again not getting a goal because the 6 and 7 aren't good enough ok let's throw Jacob Buckham in the arse and then. let's get Loverdure at 9 there's always you know we've got, we've got to do something we can't go on like this because it, it's infuriating, as I say because the fight's there the resilience is there the pack of forwards are outstanding. You have know, got McIntosh on the wing. who will run through a brick wall. Everybody game for you. We've got to step up in the seven and nine positions, or or we're going to get we're going to get humbled again and again and again. And we won't make. We you know we've made strides under Bradshaw. So don't get me wrong, but we won't get where, where we want to be while we've got these problems at the club.
1: Yeah, I agree, I agree. And and what we don't want to get into is the same the same problem that we had when we had to let Lytton go. Because, you know, we had we had a young dynamic hooker who was quick and, and different and something a little bit special. And we put all our eggs in one basket with one hooker and we ended up losing probably the best young hooker, in, young English hooker in the game, in Lytton. And of all places to go, he went to bleeding Rovers with you. You know, So when you've got like a Bamforth coming through and you've got, you know, I've got to say, this year, I mean, I've, I was no fan of him last year and, and you know, on that cold... Call list that we did. I said Johnston should go. I think this year he's been, he's been pretty good. He's been solid. Every time he's come on, he's, he's straightened us up. He's not let us down. He's played seven. He's played nine. He's played 13. He's done all right. do we signed as an option at Hooker. He's hardly played there. Um, you know, we've got, we got young kids like Banforth coming through, you know. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, we were talking last week when, when, when John was on. He said "You know, he'd really like to see how, given another year just, just so that we can transition someone else in. Well, that's fine. But if that's going to be the case, let's communicate that to the fan base as well. We're giving Danny another year. We're not expecting him to play the same amount of games. We're not expecting him to say, play the same amount of mi- uh, minutes. He's going to be coming off the bench or he's going to be starting hooker, but then we're going to transition him out and we're going to spell him and we're going to do everything else. I can't think of a hooker that does 90, uh, 80 minutes these days.
0: Well, even Roby doesn't, does he? Obviously, no. comes on.
1: No. I mean, you look at, look at uh, Josh Hodgson at Canberra. Um, they've got a young hooker that comes in and spells him. When Hodgson's when H- fit, obviously, he's, he's gone with a knee at the moment. But nearly every NRL team carries a hooker on the bench. Or someone that can hook, you know, like a utility forward or a utility back that can play 6, 7 and 9. Which is what, which is what Reynolds was. Reynolds played more hooker for, for West Tigers than he played 6.
0: I think Reddwell okay. should be playing for Skeller, if I'm being honest. Um,
1: he was awful, wasn't he? He was terrible. Yeah,
0: yeah. he was bad. Giving him the benefit yeah. of the doubt, mate, we, we've been pretty yeah. lenient towards him, if we're being honest. Uh, we no, sort of thought, bad. yeah, he's come over here. Well, we came over during a during winter lockdown, didn't he, when he first moved over here. It was tough. He yep. was obviously isolated on his own. Had a decent start to his whole career, you know, a couple of performances those first two rounds against Huddersfield and Salford. He was it was good, you know, he was energetic, he was enthusiastic, yep. and, and he was, he played very well. Fortunately, then he does his hamstring out for a few weeks, comes back, you know, can't get any continuity because obviously the fixture list was an absolute fast, you know, games getting called off left, right, and centre. Hull FC then get a big Covid outbreak themselves, you know, four weeks, four weeks shutdown, whatever it was, three, four weeks shutdown. And then, he sort of comes back and he's having, he's having moments that way we? we're sort of picking at these moments saying oh yeah looks okay there but then he goes missing for 20 minutes and he pops up again and, and we've given him the benefit of the doubt. Do you know what I think it is? I think
1: he still plays. I think in his head he's still 25. He's still chasing lost causes. He's still running around like a lunatic. He's still throwing himself into tackles. He's still running around like headless chicken because... In his head, he's still twenty-five, and he could do it when he was twenty-five because he had the motor to do it. But he doesn't anymore. Yeah, he's got
0: to be more mature, and he? he's got to be.
1: Yeah, and, and and like I always use Benji Marshall as, as, as a really good, um, a, a really good uh, uh, example. Benji Marshall never made good decisions on the football field. He was a genius, but he was a maverick right? Never made fantastic decisions on a football pitch, but he had the speed and the elusiveness to get himself out of the, the blind alley that he ran himself into, do you know? And then as he, as he got older and older and older and he lost that yard of pace and he lost that elusive, elusiveness and he, was getting, he got a bit bulkier and obviously he got older and he got some more years in his legs, he changed the way he played. He started, to, he started to boss a game more. He started to be more of a talker. He started to stand back a little bit and start putting in better kicks. He worked really hard on his kicking game and on his passing game because he couldn't beat a player with pace like he used to. And, and he evolved. And that's why, when he became available at the age of 34, I was all for Hull trying to sign him. And we tried, and he said no, and we got Reynolds. Now, Reynolds was always a fantastic player Because he was all about effort and he was all about bleeding for his team. And the Bulldogs fans still absolutely love him. But unfortunately, as time's gone on and his body's got a little bit battered and he's got older and he's lost a yard of pace, he's still playing the same way. Mentally, he hasn't changed the way he plays. Not one iota, he still plays the same way. Which, one game in three is fantastic. Because we'll be playing in the way that he can do that. We played a simple game, you know, against uh, was it against Catalans? Catalans, uh, at home. Was it the Catalan's game he played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when he kick into the corners, chasing the kick, that that's he can do that all day. But when we're playing against Saints and it's a bit more nuanced, and we have to pull something out of the hat because Saints are the best team in the league and we're away at their place, you can't afford to kick the ball out on the full, throw the ball into touch, switch off defensively and have your hands on your hips and not follow up not follow up a, a break, you know, to not back up a player that's made a break. He can't afford to do that. And unfortunately, he's, he's, he's at that stage of his career now where he's going to give us one good game in three. And it pains me to say it because I've been a real a real um, defender of his because I can see what he brings. And he brings that enthusiasm. And, he, and he's, he is worse sometimes when he's on form and he's shouting and chatting and, and he's g people up. He can be worth 10 points to you. But against Saints at their place, on a fairly warm night, when he hasn't got a decent seven outside in bossing, he was really found wanting. He didn't step up. He's not the dominant half and, and can never be.
0: But he was against Catalans, and that's what's more, that's yes. what's even more infuriating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One
1: game in three.
0: Yeah, but that's not good enough, though. Like what we said about accountability. And and looking your forwards yeah. in the eyes, who have you know, done everything they've been asked to do, and you're looking at that as a marquee half-back on... A hell of a lot of money. Yeah. How'd you sleep at night? Seriously, how would you well, look at your teammate in the face and say, so, yeah, I've put I've given it everything today, I've given my absolute all all on that money. Yeah. And yeah, we have, we have defended him. We've probably been too lenient towards Reynolds and given him the benefit of the doubt because we like you say we see what he's brought to the table and see what he can do given a good push. You no, know, given good support play, given that energy and that ensued job. Should be
1: absolutely tailor made for him there. Mm. It's less defensive, it's more open, there's a lot of broken fields. Should be absolutely fine for him. But he's come across three years too late.
0: Yeah. So of look at his West Tigers career as well, so yeah, he's a hero at Canterbury, but at West's injury troubles, you know, he hardly yeah. played. It's some personal issues. Yeah, well. some personal yeah. issues. I think when, yeah. when we actually announced the signing I'll link with a sign and I messaged you and said didn't he a basket case and you sort of defend him a little bit actually saying it's his ex-missus that was a nut job not Josh Reynolds himself <laughs> <All> <laughs> she, right. just,
1: uh, she just had her first MMA fight this weekend as well Crazy. his ex-missus um, fought in um, yeah, she weighed in in black lingerie um, and that's that's her to an absolute T it's all about her um, yeah. and uh, yeah very very uh, uh, yeah, okay. you can see why he went for her, and you can also see that she'd be an absolute lunatic.
0: Yeah, <laughs> with the with the Reynolds thing, uh, yeah, I think we're getting past that point now with lenience that way, unfortunately, we're getting to the point now where his performances are actually really starting to warm me up. If I'm being brutally honest, Um not good enough, and it's for the money he's on, and for what he's been yeah. into the table right now, he's got to step it up. And and again, he was that word again. It's accountability—you've got to be able to look your teammate in the eye and say, oh, "Yeah." You know about and if you can't do that, then you know you're not you're not pulling your weight. It's like Liggy Sauer. They'll probably look at each other, him and Liggy Sauer, man and Mound. They'll probably roll their eyes. They're probably thinking, what you know, what's going on here? We're grafting our absolute backside off, and that's yeah. the end result so, we're getting. So it's just yeah. not good enough. And yeah, look at all FC right now, and it's it's the same words, isn't it? We're lacking flair, we're lacking finesse, we're lacking nous. You know, however you want to word it. Creat- it all boils down to that one word, creativity. And, and is it, this and is what. We're still in the top five. Yeah, yeah, we're still in the top five. me wrong. <laughs> yeah, we're still in the top five. It's... This makes it even more infuriating, though. I said to you off yeah. there before we started sometimes when you're in a game and you've got the opportunity and you've got the chances to win it sometimes and then you just come up short, sometimes it's even more frustrating than just getting stuffed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it... yeah.
1: Sometimes you'd rather lose by 40 <laughs> than lose by one.
0: Yeah. Stuffed as it sounds. The Wigan one. The Wigan one, I sort of, I was very impressed with the fact that whole because Wigan all started the first ten minutes, they were still on the bus, weren't they? They kept, you know, making errors. The completion rate was horrendous, and yeah. they built themselves back into the game. And the way they did it was absolutely outstanding. And yeah, they just came up short, and it was frustrating as hell at the time. But again, I appreciate the effort. It's the same thing here at St. Helens. I appreciate the graft that those forwards and and the likes of Macintosh. Even Jamie Shaw going forward, I thought Jamie Shaw going forward was good. I just thought without the ball he got exposed. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Just did the defensive side to his game. Unfortunately, he got exposed a couple of times. But yeah, Yeah. we're not that far away. As daft as it sounds, after tearing me out like that, we're not because we've got a very good pack. As we say, we've got some decent outside backs. We've potentially got the right players for the key positions if we're willing to play them there. I love Ajura. At nine, you know, obviously, Luke Gale's going to come back in this week. He's got to step up as well, though, because, you know, he was left out of the team for a reason, and we can come on to that. But, yeah, we're not that far away. We've just gone to the Super League three, you know, three-in-a-row champions and rattled them and and come up short in areas where we could have, you know, could and should have done better. and. That's the thing, though. We've got to get past the chuck it to Connor thing, haven't we? We've got to, we've got to have a little bit more than that. And that's the yeah. thing, because everyone will have a pop at Connor. And, and don't get me wrong, the defensive side of his game is far from perfect. And, you know, does he actually throw throw himself, you know, at, at the defence, you know, in those last-ditch tackles like a Sam Tompkins does? Well, no, he don't, does he? It's as simple as that. But again, I've already said without him, we'd have got nilled. You know, he's, he's top of the try table for Super League. You know, you think how many games he's won left. FC alone in the past 18 months, where would we be without him?
1: I'll, I'll, I'll throw a challenge down, right, to, to anybody who listens to this that, that, that questions his last line of defence, right? Go and watch every try from the Super League last week and go and watch every try from the NRL last week and tell me how many full-backs were fantastic in the last line of defence. Because you won't bloody find many. You won't find any, in fact. Look at Loughlin Coote. Did you see Loughlin Coote's attempt at, at, hmm. at being the last line of defence? He been out of the way of the block. Yeah. When Rovers got beaten by Cast this week, you know, it's it, if you're the last line of defence, it's because the people in front of you have switched off and they haven't done the
0: job. Well, that's why. Simple I'd, as. That's why for the last try when everyone everyone had a pop at corner when the game was gone for the Mckinson, one way just stepped inside him. Look at what's yeah. just happened in front of him. You know that the left yeah. edge has been bent again. It's. You know, there's your accountability. It's not the fullback who's, you know, i got to defend a defender three on one, and 90% of the time it's going to come off in the attacking side's favour. It's it's, it's sort of like a double edged sword, isn't it? And people, this is the thing, I mean, some old fans just don't like the f- fact that Jake Connors up one at the expense of Jamie Shaw. It's as simple as that. It's like some old fans don't like the fact that old fans take, take, uh, criticise Danny Elton now because Danny Elton's the golden boy, he's untouchable to some. That's the reality of it. Then we've got some fans who, you know, it's the same with you know, different opinions and you appreciate different opinions and we all obviously have players that we can pick out and tear the bones in different areas, but you know, that's the way I see it right now, that's the way a lot of old fans see it. That's the way a lot of uh, media personalities can we call them that, you know, the likes of Sky, the likes of Soap League Show, they're all you know, the the, the non hull based journalists in the game as well, are all calling out the same things and there's a common denominator there. whole FC the not good enough at seven and they aren't good enough at nine. It's as simple as that. They're the two areas yeah, that we agreed.
1: have to improve. Agreed. And, and I, think we, I think it's in hand. You know, th- there's a reason we went out and signed Denis Barnforth. There's a reason we went out and, and found a young hooker at another Super League team who was unhappy across the Pennines, wanted to come and live back in Yorkshire. And we went, him, he's good. You know, within four weeks of signing him, he makes his first grade debut and scores a try practically with his first touch. There's a reason we went out and got him. There's a reason we went out to get Joe Loverdua. The problem with Loverdue is he's had to play here, there and everywhere because we've had this massive injury and, and, you know, Gale's been either suspended or injured most of his whole career and Reynolds hasn't been able to step up into the breach. Now, the problem we've got is that despite all of this, we've somehow managed to still get into fourth and fifth. So then you've got a coach who goes, well, I've got to stay true to my word and I've got to play people that have been in form. And Reynolds played very well against Catalan, so I've got to keep him in. I get that and I see that but you've also got to look at it and go right who's my actual best player in that position and let them play themselves into form you know if Reynolds is a bench player or Reynolds is a reserve player then that's what he is I don't care how much money he's on if he's not performing he's got to go and that's for any player you know when you've got like you say Danny Hatton still does a job for us he absolutely still does a job for us I'm not saying he should be dropped I'm just saying he should be spelled I'm saying he needs help Right, and then when we, when the, the the game is further on, 50 minutes in, and you start to get fractured lines and people, you know, the ruck is getting sloppy. That's when we need someone like a Bamforth or a Johnston or a Lovadieu or whoever to come in and actually straighten us back up again. Because that's when we start to lose our way. That's when we lose our way. We're starting slow, and we're starting the second half slow as well, and it's biting us week in, week
0: out. Yeah, it is. I'd probably go as far as to say let's just drop Van Alton for a couple of weeks. I really would, and that's a big call, but we need, we need, we just need better at now. It's as simple as that. Let's go, and let's, I, know, I look at the way Hull are going right now, like, with the youth. Connor Wayne, fantastic. Jack Brown, fantastic. Brad Fash, when he's not knocked out, fantastic. Jordan Lane, fantastic. Cam Scott, when he's not got a syndesmosis injury on his ankle, fantastic. Let's add Jacob Hookham to that. Let's yep. add Denis Bonfort to that as well. Why not? Yep. What have we got to lose right now? Because this is a transitional period for the club. We've accepted that we're not going to be great shape, but if we do get in that six, then that's job done for me this year. For if we're a playoff team this season, and I'm still confident in saying that they will be, then that's job job done. Job done. Yeah, objective completed. You know, blah blah blah. Do you
1: know what? It will be. It will be, it'll be smart it would be smart management and, and, and certainly smart kind of sports psychology to go to the likes of reynolds and gale and say to them you're unlikely to get another another year with us this could be a last year playing professional let's go out on a bloody bang. leave nothing in the tank let's do this Let, if we're gonna do it let's bloody do it you know and try and play a little bit of reverse psychology on them because at the moment I don't know whether it's because they don't know whether they're going to be at the club next year or not maybe there's that little bit of of um, doubt that's creeping in as, as to whether they're, they're going to be retained or not put them out of the misery tell them yes or tell them no but tell them now and if they decide that they're going to take the bat and ball home and they don't want to play for us anymore well good bugger them off get rid of them release them drop them into the reserves who cares we're not going to do any worse than we're doing now we're playing players out of position but at least then we'll have well, at least we'll have the, 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 the knowledge that that's where we are, rather than kind of pussyfooting around it and thinking, oh, well, we don't want to upset people because blah, blah, blah. You know?
0: A couple of them Look conversations. Look at what's happening
1: over here at the moment. As soon as, as soon as Barrett went at the Bulldogs, straight away, you've got all these players that they've signed for next year going, oh, hang on, I don't know whether I'm going to go there. They've already released Brett Nathan. He's already gone to, to the Tigers. He's, he's been picked in the Tigers squad for this week. They released him this morning. You know, when a player's face doesn't fit and they don't want to play for the team, get rid. And if, unfortunately, if they're if they're not performing and they can't make the decision themselves, well, you have to make the decision for them. And you have to drop them.
0: A couple of those conversations could have already took place. Obviously, we're past the the first deadline now. Obviously, rumours are going to come yeah. out left, right and centre. Who's yeah. to say that the club already hasn't had that conversation with Josh Reynolds saying that... that Unless you do something majestic in the second half of the season, then we're not going to exercise that year option. We're going to release you because obviously it's in the club's hands whether they do that or not. Same with Luke Gale. Yeah, yeah. And
1: mm-hmm. yeah. If, well, it's like for like with Reynolds, isn't it? With with um with um. Uh, what's his name was coming in from Cass. That looks of it. Jake Truman. It's a bit. Yeah. Six for a six.
0: Yeah. And that's an upgrade for me based on what we've seen yeah. so far me this too. season. Um. Well, yeah, it's just what let's see be beyond that, obviously, with the seven that will go alongside Jake Truman next year. Um and again, what happens with the nine situation? if we do if we do get a seven in, if it's gonna be Luke Gale or if it's gonna be someone else, then you'd like to think that puts Lova back into the nine position, you know, coming off the bench, um yep. obviously with with the Houghtons it looks like he's gonna get another year deal as it does with Manu Mao. Obviously very confident in saying that Joe Lovadio will be staying at this club. Um it's interesting that the rumours came out about him going to the other side of the river a few weeks ago, which were nothing short of embarrassing. <laughs> Why and, would they need it? Well like, they need it, they've got two fantastic hookers. Well, the well, was, well was in, that yeah, Parcel was was in doubt at the time when he wasn't signed up, obviously they just announced that yeah, this right past right. weekend and you know, people putting two two and two together and coming up with five as, as per usual. But to be yeah. honest
1: that, that that could actually be them that could actually be them saying, Oh well, we'll have a look at Love do then if you're not making your mind on Matt."
0: Well, yeah, it could have been, but I think that rumour was just way yeah. off the mark. It was just ridiculous. A bit yeah. like Bevan French to Left Sea. I can't God. see much mileage in that one, if I'm being honest. Um, it's it's a name that a few people have put up, but I, I just can't see it happening cause it means that all would have to do something that Odson's been very reluctant to do, and that's obviously move Jake Connor from fullback. You, you've been putting Connor yeah. as your seven, wouldn't you? And, and French as your one, and I don't think Connor would be suited at this point in his career to playing on an, one edge only. I like the fact he's got the freedom to roam about at the minute, and if you restrict that to, you know, you know obviously with Truman on the left, Jake on the right, or Rolls reverse, whatever. I just, I don't know. I think that would stifle us even more because the reality is, you know, we whinge about the truck it to Connor approach, but that's our biggest attacking threat. So simple as that. So, yeah, why move him? And and that's another thing, right? On the, on the Reynolds points, on on the on the on the on the Houghton points as well. You know, Houghton. For, for for all the stuff that he does bring to LFC and has brought to LFC he's got to improve the attacking side of his game it's the same with Josh Reynolds right now and particularly in Josh Reynolds case because he got the backing from his coach this week you know you, you've already mentioned it the fact that the Hodgson is prepared to reward uh, the runs on the board if you like if you've had a good performance they'll pick you again and again saw that with Jamie Shaw on the wing over Adam Swift and Reynolds obviously over Luke Gale was another performance based decision well, we're going to home this week. I think I'll be thinking, you've let me down there, pal. I've just backed you. I've stuck with you. You've got a one-game ban, but based on what you did against Catalans, I've put you in the team and you've let me down. So now you've got a situation where Luke Gale has to come back in. And again, he's he's another one that hasn't yet set the well the light in all FC colours right now, but can't be any worse than the performance Josh Reynolds threw at St. Alan's. I mean, it'd take something special, to be honest, to top that. But Luke Gale's your club captain. He's your main half-back. If he's fit, you're playing and that's got to be the way we go forward feeling that you look at the youth direction as i said before with your bound Forbes and with your jacob buckham's because again they're not going to be any worse they're really not and if that's going to be your future then let's start let's start embedding them into the squad now you know let's, let's start playing on let's bring them off the bench or whatever and let's get them let's get him integrated into that squad because they can't be any worse you know you see with youth comes a little bit of naivety but I tell you what, Banffat would not have been any worse than the man that was on show on Friday night. And Jacob Huckham wouldn't have been any worse than Josh Reynolds on Friday night. I can categorically say that. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and you know, it makes, me, it makes me really... I mean, I know he's not the finished article, but it makes you feel really sorry for, for Ben McNamara getting injured when he did. Because this is set up for him to, to have a, a,
0: a run in the first team, isn't it? Which All right, fill this shot there now. Ben McNamara's arguably been, been our best half-back this season. And yeah. I know I criticised him for missing two tackles after Castleford and apparently that equates to him not being good enough in some people's eyes but he's yeah. it, been our best half this year for me. Uh, look at the least yeah. performance how matured he and, was and that night. And
1: lucky and he's the same with Cam Scott. You know Cam, Cam Scott has the best 40 minutes of his career and then and then gets a long term injury. You know and, and at the time we had Carlos out we had Griffin out and you know you're playing Loverdewa in the centres and Michele Fulikicipani Vulli- Vulli- in the centres. It is absolutely made up for him to have to
0: have an extended run in the first grade. Yeah, yeah. Frustrating. It's really is Yeah, so. it's frustrating because you're talking so again with the direction that all are going right now. So so massive, you know, young players that that would have got extended runs in the first team, and and who knows where they'd be right now? You know, after you know we're talking pushing on a dozen games here, aren't we? Actually, yeah. Well, we're now fourteen games into the season. They would have. Probably both been ever present if they were fit. So yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, it's very frustrating. Um, it sort of starts line. It, it does back up the disruption point, and I think we do have to factor that in. Uh, you've mentioned it already, but the fact that we, we, we tear our hair out, we you about A, B, and C. Yet Leicester stole fifteen, so play one point off fourth, and with our destiny very much in our own hands. And if if, if imagine if full did finish fourth this season, just imagine that um, and how good scenes, that would be. seems... It. that's dizzy height territory in it thinking where we are and because that's the thing we've got some outstanding players liggy sow is nothing short of incredible manu Mao is phenomenal jack brown sensational daniel mackintosh is brilliant <laughs> we've got some very 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 good rugby league players at this club we've just got to compliment them we just got to be a little bit smarter in areas and and get better because that's what we all want in it we want to strive to get better you know you, yeah. you'd never be content that's the thing you've got to keep on moving and and this is, what, this is what makes me laugh when people talk about, oh, yeah, he's criticising this player, and he's criticising that, and he's criticising this. Well, yeah, because I want all FC to be the best thing they can be. I want them to keep getting better and better and better and never be content. The, the reason where we are right now is because we were content. We, we took our foot off the gas. We won a couple of cups at Wembley. Oh, it's all fine. And this is why where we are right now, because we took our eye off the ball. I don't want all FC to take their eye off the ball. I want them to keep on moving and keep on striving to get better and better and better and be the, be the best they can be. And that's the mentality we've all got to have as fans, and obviously that, that's what the mentality that the players have got to have. That's the mentality that the club officials have got to have, the coach, the owner, everyone. It can never be content, never. Yeah, hundred percent,
1: percent. And you know this this if, if you settle, then you're always going to get what you always got.
0: And that's you know, exactly and, and, it. Yeah, and we, we've
1: had we've we've had years of that. You know, we we've gotta we've gotta be restless as a as a supporter group because restless breeds improvement.
0: Yeah, it's as simple Fantastic. as that. It's as simple as that mate, absolutely. Um the rest of the Sopol League card, I'll just run through this quickly. Yeah. some interesting results this week. Six home wins, I think that's the first time it's happened this season. Uh, yeah. Huddersfield thirty two, Wigan twenty two. St. Helens 24, Hull 10, Catalan's 40, Basket Case, Warrington, 8. Yeah, yeah, what a joke they are. Salford, 23, Leeds 8. Uh, Rowan Smith's first official game as head coach. Um, Starting me to go on and all that. Toulouse, 20, Wakefield, 14. Uh, Lee Radford's Barmy Army, 32. Rovers, 0. How the wheels have fallen off yeah. there. So yeah, again we haven't What?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. This, this again, and this is what hype does to you, mate. You can get overhyped. You can get caught up in your own hype. Yeah. After beating Lee three times and dodging Saint Helens, and you, you know you think you're better than what you are, and then you get humbled. And this is what I mean about all right now. But we can't get caught in that trap. You dug it wrong with fifth, and we've been. If you're assessing 2022 so far, it's satisfactory. at... at, at at West, you're wrong. I'm I'm yes. pretty happy with where we're going right now. I'd say there's areas where we're absolutely outstanding. There's areas where we can improve on, but we don't want to get caught in our own act, do we? Because you, you think, we know how quickly it can turn. You know, we've seen it. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, I think arguably
1: we've we've kind of arrived under the radar a little bit. We didn't shout and scream about it. We've we've built some. We've we've built, you know, a, a, a run of, of run of results, and then you know we've had a run of dodgy ones. Then we've we've dragged ourselves out of it you know then we we dipped again with a result against rovers and then we've come back in again and then we've won three and then we dipped again with um with the game against uh st helens but you know we were always going to lose that game against st helens arguably um whereas you know the the the, our nearest and dearest rivals did exactly the opposite you know we're well beaters we're fantastic we're going to play like this we're going to absolutely we're going to absolutely throw the ball around like the like the Isle of Globetrotters, and look where it's got him. It's got him nowhere.
0: I think it's a case of not playing uh, Lee three times and making that the playoffs team, yes. by by a default because that's what it was. And, and,
1: you know, we all we all say, "Oh, well, they've had their they've had their uh, their their cup final now after playing us," but it, it does bear some some looking at, doesn't it? You know, to...
0: it... have yeah, exactly. It's all that matters to them, beating all. They're a tin pot yeah. organisation. Look elsewhere at them results. Leeds, <laughs> lol, still, what, 10th? Yes. Tenth? 10th tenth of the ninth, whatever they are. Yeah, they're a basket case. Again, overhyped. People saw Blake Austin in season, thought, oh, they'll be fifth. Must admit, I had him in my top six, so I fall into that idiot category as well. Apologies. Um... Again, you look at Warrington, you know, coaching Daryl Powell again, who, who had them not to finish in the six, and you look at them right now, they're shocking. Yeah. They've won five out of yeah. 12 games, they've lost seven. That, and they've been humbled again at Catalan's, who, you know, ran away with it at the end. It was like Warrington just threw the towel in, it was embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's trouble are there, isn't they? And, and, you know, I saw
1: that uh, it looks like the same Matt Duffy from, uh, from the Bulldogs.
0: They never learned. What, what, we said this a couple of weeks back, didn't we? In one, of the, one yeah. of the episodes, said that he's not the answer, and when, when are they going to learn? You know, they just throw a big money yeah. at... It, it's crap, if we're being honest. Uh, yeah, it, it's not the answer sp- for them. Speed.
1: Speed, speed, speed. That's all it is with him. And and when you look at it, I've seen today on, on Twitter, like, a lot of wire supporters going, will we have a We've got a young kid there We're stifling his development. He was about to take over at one from, you know, from uh, our incumbent. And, and you know, we, we should have been building a team around him. Then you are going to go out and sign Matt Dufty? And if you watch Matt Dufty, this weekend, there's a case in point of a, of a full-back um, who, who is uh, useless at the last line of defence. Matt Duffy, right? right? You know, sometimes a, fo- a full will go for the man with the ball. Sometimes the fullback will have his attention on the player that he thinks is going to get the ball. And sometimes a fullback will go for an interception, right? Mm. And not commit himself to tackling either. Matt Duffy, every single time, goes for the interception. And every attacker in the NRL knows it. So every time anyone runs anywhere near Matt Duff, they throw a dummy and go right on his inside. Every single time. He's the worst defensive fullback I have ever seen. Attacking-wise, with the ball in his hand, he's quick. And he's a threat. But defensively, he's a basket case. Is that what? And next year, if we're running at him, if we've got players running at him, all all we've got to do is dummy and go. Mm.
0: Because that's all he does. I sort of think Warren have looked useless. at Jive Field at Wigan and thought, Oh, should will just get someone with pacing and, yeah. and again that's a word we use a lot, accountability accountability. Who's got accountability at Warrington for the signing's and the money that they're throwing at players, like you say, when they've got young players. And look at Warrington, the best parts of them, in my opinion, right now, based on very limited I mean, I saw him obviously Easter Monday when we played them. and obviously little footage when they've been on Sky this weekend and, you know, uh, when you know, I think they was on Sky against Cass obviously at the start of the year and you know, a few other yeah. games. And when, when you do watch them, the people that catch my eye, are people like Riley Dean, who was at York last season on yes. loan, yeah. people like Connor yeah. Wrench, you know, young players that come in through, Josh uh, Thule as well. I know he made the error that unfortunately gave Hull the position for Manuel Mal to score and win the game when we played him. But there's a good player there. He had a decent game against us. He looked yeah. yeah. fairly decent. There's something to persevere with there. And I sort of look at the direction that Hull are going in right now with the youth. We see, we see it all the time with St. Helens, Wigan, Leeds. It's just the next one off the cab, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, Warrington just want to splash the money about. Hodgson doesn't seem to care. He'll just play if he thinks you're kind of winning. You're good enough, right? You're 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 playing. Yeah. Same with Brad Flash. Jack yes. Brown's the best yeah. example he's ever present this year. But you know, you look yeah. at Warrington, They'd rather sign the big one he signed. They'd rather the, oh yeah, he looks flashy. It's like they'd rather they'd, they'd go out and splash the money on a Lamborghini when they're not going to pres- persevere with you know that's, you know something that isn't necessarily as flashy as glamorous, but could be in a few years oh, time look at the money the money they wasted on George Williams an halfback that would yeah, rather he's... tweet a picture of himself before every game than actually turn up over <sighs> week. yeah mate and I like him you, you know, know? I, mean, I like George Williams I... I liked him at Wigan I liked him at Canberra but oh.
1: he's, he's he's a square pig around all that yeah it's not his type of team yeah it's
0: not his type of team at all no you're right 100% and you look yeah, exactly, exactly. you look at the money that they're spending right now and the return they're getting from that money it's not good enough is it and it's really not. So it, it's nice as well to I suppose to look at, you know, the teams we just mentioned there and laugh at them and, and realise that, you know, we can whinge about at L F C but we're not actually doing that better, are we? I mean look at us in Uddersfield. Not many people would add would have us two as the two premier Yorkshire clubs right now sat fourth and fifth in the table. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And when we get onto the NRL as well, um I'll add the North
1: Queensland Cowboys into that. Yeah, because fed, they've gone they? they've, they've about their business very, very quietly this
0: year and they're in third. And I had them finishing bottom three. Well, there you go. Yeah, a fair play yeah. to them. Obviously, it's still out yeah. of days, isn't it? Well, let's dive straight over to the NRL now. Well, then, um, people will obviously put two and two together, what they and think. Oh, how come they didn't talk about the NRL last week? Oh, is it because Penrith got beat? Oh, they won again this week, so yeah. They're, 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 which, I, come, made,
1: I made copious notes on how bad they were as well. We just never got round to it, did we?
0: <laughs> what a shame. Yeah, oh, i just have to talk about yeah, them being the storm now, won't we? <laughs>
1: yeah, we will, yeah. Yeah, strange that, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's let's hook in. Obviously, Magic Round this weekend, so uh, a bit of a bit of a different week, really. Uh, I know plenty of people that went, they all absolutely loved it, even if the, the weather was appalling and by the... Um, By the last game, the pitch was resembling a bit of a ploughed field, but it actually held up quite well. Uh, First game, Bulldogs 6, Knights 16. Uh, The Dogs poor yet again. Um, There was a really cool thing that happened where Ado Carr made a break and turned Dom Young inside out and scored. And then later on in the second half, he tried to do exactly the same thing and Dom Young, who was a young English winger, he was from Huddersfield originally, um, turned caught Adokar, grabbed him by the collar and threw him into touch and it was a really brilliant thing that he actually, that he improved and, and learned from that. Nights were good, Bulldogs were terrible, and then come the rest of the week uh, Bennett's, uh, Barrett's gone, sorry, um, but we can talk about that at the end of, of the NRL because there's, some, there's a bit of a local angle for where I live actually as to what happened there. Um, Manly nil, Broncos 38, oh my god. I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing. Um, it was incredible. What a game. The Broncos obviously at home in front of a massive crowd uh, with it being uh, Magic Weekend and it's at, uh, at the Broncos' ground. But Manly were terrible but Reynolds, wow! I mean, I've never seen a player change clubs and make such an instant um, mark on his new club. He, he is spectacular uh, is, is Adam Reynolds at the, at the Broncos. He looks like he's in place Looks like that's where he should always have been, you know? Um, and just v- in very, 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 very impressive um, start to his, his uh, Broncos career. Even if he did um, take maybe a week or two to get going and he was injured and stuff, but, boy, has he hit the ground running since. Uh, Warriors 30, Bunnies 32 great game this one uh, come back for the Warriors but uh, South's just uh, they scored the first try in the second half and that just put it a little bit too far away from the Warriors they came home really strong did the Warriors, I mean the Bunnies at one point were 28-4 up I think, or 26-4 up and then went 32-4 up But then the the Warriors just came right back at them. Um, They just couldn't get over the line. Um, Titans 20, Dragons 16. Golden point, this one. Uh, And then as the Titans were searching for someone to try and kick a field goal, they actually passed the ball out the back of the scrum and uh, Azarko scored right on the wing. It's a really good game. Uh, And the the Titans were better because they didn't have Proctor. (laughs) Simple as. Um, He was injured this week, um, which actually
0: probably saved their coach from having to make a decision on him the fact that he was injured Did um, you see no twitter feed this week a couple of people tagged the same. prop has been linked with super league clubs after what we've been saying a bit ironic that on it
1: I actually put on the bottom of one of those in the same vein I'd like to announce my availability to super league clubs because I can run four metres in, <laughs> in, in 40 minutes as well no problem um Storm 6, Panthers 32, let's get it over with. Um, <laughs> Penriths were amazing. Very, very good, especially Kickout. I thought Kickout was... Uh, uh, he's, he's having the best run of form I've seen him have. Um, I really wonder now, with Barrett going from the Bulldogs, whether he's still going to go to the Bulldogs next year or whether there'll be some clause in his contract that he can really got it. I hope so. Uh, well, Penrith's quite be. <laughs> you've got to try and keep them under the cap but mm. I, I reckon it's a possibility there um storm will be sitting pappenhausen and hughes uh as well which didn't help them but i think even with pappenhausen and hughes panthers were too good they weren't there were outstanding uh, raiders 30 ambush that was the one Raider i wrote on the ambush um, they started fast, did the Raiders, um, and the Sharks did too much defence in the first 30 minutes, and then it just came back to bite them at the end. They held on for a great win, did the Raiders, and I thought they were very, very good value for it. Um, Roosters 31, Eels 24, won again. This was, the Eels were unlucky, um, but the Roosters kicked a field goal just before half time by Sam Walker, and it just put them, it always kept them that scoring a bit ahead, which meant the Eels had to really play catch up. Uh, which, which just meant it was just a little bit too far for him, I thought. But uh Roosters did very well. And then Tigers 12, Cowboys 36. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but the skill from Tuolenghi yeah. to pass around the, the corner flag was just incredible. Uh, the Tigers tried, uh, and the Cowboys are now up to third. Wow.
0: Didn't pick that. Didn't no, pick that. that's... That's the surprise package of the season, and interesting that uh, a really couple, couple of weeks. Actually, I think the right. I think I'm right in saying they play the storm this week and Penrith the week after. Yes. So that that will you know give this a is better. The awesome test. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it give a better. Me- obviously, no one's expecting them to go out and win both games, but you know if they can stick at it and sort of do what all did at Saint Ellen's with a better seven and nine. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: you you could you could argue that they're in a false position because they haven't played the top
0: team yet. Look at the yeah, two, two of the two of the three teams have lost so as well. They lost to the Warriors yeah. and lost to the Bulldogs. So actually, they could be joint right yeah. top with Penrith. Yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly. exactly. They've, they've lost to teams that they really should have beaten. They really should have beaten. Now, the Trent Barrett thing, uh, obviously, you know, bottom of the league, they've only won two games all season. Gus Gould took a training session for him a couple of weeks ago, and that's the game that they ended up winning. Um, and I think even when they won the game, people went, oh, well, that was Gus Gould then, not, not Barrett that's done that. Uh, and and I think Barrett's been a little bit put his nose out of joint but at the end of the day he's not a great coach sorry he's a good coach he's not a good manager Uh, and, and that's the problem he just can't he can't manage a group of men I'm afraid and uh basically what happened was he he lost the game there were rumors and rumblings that that things weren't right and that Gus Gould was looking at moving and, and trying to get rid of him and stuff but two weeks ago Gus Gould came out and said that Trent Barrett was a career coach and he'd be at the Bulldogs much longer than, than Gould would be himself so he's kind of backed himself into a corner there and, and it would be more, almost impossible to sack him after saying that publicly and then uh Shane Millard, who used to play for the Bulldogs over here, uh, his dad just recently passed away and lived in Port Macquarie and actually was the founder of my daughter's league team over here um, And uh, so he passed away last week and they were having their funeral yesterday Monday so Trent Barrett was in Port Macquarie uh, and he's pretty good mates with one of the guys that runs one of the pubs up here. So he was stood in the Settlers Inn in Port Macquarie uh, on Sunday night watching the Tigers and Cowboys when it flashed up on the bottom of the screen. Um, emergency meeting, Bulldogs, Trent Barrett sacked in the morning. <laughs> yes, we saw it on the big screen TV up here while he was watching the game. So I think he's then kind of gone back to his hotel room, run the club and just gone, you're not sacking me, I'm retiring. so he's jumped before he's pushed yeah yeah gone uh and uh yeah but weird that it's happened up here you know which is a bit of a league backwater appear really uh but yeah so he resigned went to the funeral and then went back down to sydney packed his desk up so the bulldogs are now being uh linked with everybody that's out of out of contract or or out of favour. They've even been talking about Maguire from, from the uh, Tigers with Flanagan moving to the Tigers to take over the Tigers next year. Right. Because Maguire would probably be more of a fit for the Bulldogs and, and Flanagan would be more of a fit for the Tigers. I, I actually wouldn't be too upset if that happened as a Tigers supporter. Uh, obviously, Christian Wolves mentioned, as has... Uh, Oh, there's been a few others that have been mentioned as well. Uh, Freddie Fittler, as well, is, is one that that people have really thought. Well, you know, if he wants a club job rather than just looking after uh, looking after the Blues for state of origin, is he a chance? Mm-hmm. You know, so there's 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 a few names about Cameron Serraldo, who's the uh, assistant at the at the Panthers as well. Question is, would would the Bulldogs board be happy? going for a, a complete unknown they're gonna need someone that's got some sort of first grade experience which is why i think the, the uh the maguire uh maguire leaving the tigers are going there and then um flanagan going getting out of where he is now or his assistant manager somewhere and going into the tigers i reckon that's possible. i really do
0: interesting obviously keep tabs on that um yeah as it as it progresses um Back to Hull FC then, uh, Wigan this weekend, uh, Wigan obviously fielded a weekend side against Huddersfield on Thursday night, uh, I can't see them doing that two weeks in a row, obviously the Challenge Cup finals the week after spares his ground there, obviously one eye will be on that and it can sort of go two ways, I look at Hull FC's two cup winning years, the week before Wembley in 2016 we beat Catalan's 44-0 the yep. week before in two thousand and seventeen, Odis went to the KCOM Stadium, nearly put fifty on us. So that was when Sebastian Ikefifo announced himself to Super League. He was outstanding that night at Torres Apart. But yeah, it, it it shows it can go one or two ways. For let's see, let's hope we're going to put in something similar. And they, they, you know they have all eyes on the final the week after. But I just I can't see them fielding as weak inside as that again. I think they had three. Three debutants, one of them scored them. I think the back Rowers scored two tries, Nicholson, so fair play to him. They had a you know young yeah. kid on the wing, uh who scored a couple as well. So you know, fair play to him, they had a goal, they had a dig as you'd expect from Wigan, that's what they are. They you know obviously their systems, their processes are brilliant, they never go away. But I, I I can't see him resting dry field again. I think Liam Fowler comes back into that side as probably will do a couple of others as well. And I wonder what will get what Wigan Wigan's point of view
1: though. Look at it from Wigan's point of view. You know, a week before Wembley, or a week before by Lane, or wherever, wherever Spurs go, called gold these days. Tottenham
0: Hotspur Stadium, incredible. really, in it is that isn't it.
1: Yeah, a week before the Ch- the Champions Cup final, one of the last places you'd
0: want to go as a Wigan player would be a weight hole. I'll tell you that there are always tough so games these days, aren't they? Hull and Wigan. Yeah, we, we. Yeah, I think we respect each other these days. It sort of it stemmed from when Sean Wayne and Lee Radford were the head coaches. Yeah, obviously there some, was a lot of respect there. Yeah, cause yeah, obviously we beat them in the semi-final, the first cup winning year, and obviously beat them in the final in the second yeah. one and went to Australia together. Yeah. We've, had, we've had some belting contests, you know, in Wigan over the past five or six years. It would be nice to get one over them. Um, you know, having lost, obviously, a few times to Wigan, obviously we beat them in the cup last year as well, didn't we? But, you know, it's a big yeah. game for all. This would be six home wins in a row. That's, you know, that's exactly what I wanted. We said home form at the yeah. start of the year, something that needed improving. It would be nice to follow on and beat another... Another uh, big team at home, I've, obviously I've been beating Catawans at home and currently sit second in play. to beat the third place team at home as well. It would be a big scalp for us as well. I just We know what we're going to get, we've got an outstanding pack that will take it to Wigan regardless of who they select. We've got some very good outside backs, again I'll just tap back on what we spoke about for the previous hour. We need our seven to step up, whether it, I think it will be Luke Gale. Um, it will be Danny Houghton. Let's face it, because it's his four hundredth game for the club. If if he plays, and he will play, and we need our nine to step up again, but we also need some accountability off the bench as well. If we need something coming on to spell to spell Houghton, whether it is Ballofap, you know, whether it is Joel Overdewer, and,
1: and it's a game that we need to win for other reasons as well. Bit, you know, yeah, six in a row, yeah, to to regain a little bit of, of self confidence and everything. But I just feel the plan to lose. You'd expect them to win it and win easy. There. you don't so
0: want that gap opening up do we yeah yeah you know well,
1: to keep this with the pack we we need to we need to win
0: that game it's a game we can win as yeah. well you know we, 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 yeah. we like i say I, I whinge about this and that we're yeah. left here a good side they're not a great side anything daft like that i don't want to get caught in hype as we mentioned before because it can soon swing around and you look a bit daft but yeah. we've got we have got some outstanding rugby league players in this team and we can cause you know our positions a few problems and you know, if we stick to what we know works for us, I, you know, we have that go forward with our pack, and we, and we, we get Connor into the right areas rather than just relying on him all the time, and we can get him to be used to goods. You know, we can score points against teams, and obviously, we we need to rely on Luke Gale. He's got to come in, and, and he's got to come in, he's got to take some responsibility. He's got leaders around yes. that field. He's got to step up, and and in whole FC colours, he's got to show us that he is that. That England half-back, I mean, he still wants to test jersey at the end of the year. There's a home World Cup, or well, you got to start justifying that because right now you're nowhere near look Gil. Yeah, well, yeah, hundred
1: percent. I mean, at the moment, you you probably wouldn't pick
0: him. Yeah. No exactly. chance. So, so he's he's
1: got to he's got to he's got to get out
0: there and do something. Absolutely. I mean, if England. he gets picked for England, yeah. it's an absolute fast. He wasn't in the training squad, was he? So. I, that's an ironic thing yeah you come in a hole oh that's your international career <laughs> gone because you want even in the training <laughs> squad to start with but I tell you what it is just the fact though. and if he wants that England shirt then he's got to start producing the goods yeah. for us and I, it's the thing because when he came to all he was mentioned England and I said well that's got to be a good thing for us then because if you want that England shirt you've got, to, you've got to deliver for us and unfortunately suspensions have meant that he hasn't he been able to get going yet and I, 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 there's no way Brett Hodgson's going to leave him out again now he's, he's, he's you know he gave Reynolds yeah. the chance likewise he gave Jamie Shaw the chance I think Luke Gale and Adam Swift will come back into that side this week it uh, be interesting to see what we do with Brad Fash obviously out this weekend who actually comes in If obviously if Kane Evans is fit he had a little bit of a pet problem last week then he, if he's fit enough yes. obviously yeah. it's a light for like swapping it yeah 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 it's prop for a prop so yeah you'd, you'd think so yeah but you know, interesting interesting game this one it it'll,
1: it'll... Tell
0: us a lot about where we are as a team, I think. It will. I just want us to go out Wigan. It's a Saturday. You know, it's the, obviously, the club's full and proud week. Uh, There was Nando's in Kingswood, which obviously is great for the kids, great for the families. There's a quiz at the KCON tonight, or MKM, whatever it's called now. Obviously, we've got a table for that. Looking forward to it. The club nail this week, and they have done for eight years now. Um, I'll give them the praises when it's due. I think they have got a very strong place in the community of Full FC. We saw that this weekend, they hosted uh, Learning Disability Festival. They hosted the Challenge Cup uh, round robin fixtures uh, as well at the university. So, yeah, Hull in the community are outstanding. Um, Obviously, they've got a ticket offer this week. uh friend for a father, members can get two additional tickets at £5 each. So, you'd like to think that there'll be another five-figure crowd On Saturday, again, it's the perfect time, 3 o'clock. I don't think we can ask for much more than that. The only frustrating thing I'll say with these Saturday games is it does, and I'm sort of going to be a little bit hypocritical here, it affects the community game. For instance, I won't be playing this weekend. My team, my amateur team, are at Scarborough. Scarborough away this weekend. But obviously, half our team, I don't know if we will have a team, because half of them are going to watch all. A couple of Rovers lads as well, they're going to watch Rovers, because they also play on Saturday. So, it's yeah. sort of like a double-edged sword, isn't it? When you when you say, "Oh yeah, Saturdays they're great," but for the community it's side of the telly game, not either.
1: This one is it? It's no, not it's the not. Guy, is it? No, it's yeah. not. Yeah. It's not. No. Yeah, so I can't bloody watch it either, which is a pain in the
0: ass. Yeah. But yeah. Home yeah. for the day when every subplay play games televised by some some sort of outlet, but yeah, just a nice bit of uh, Damn, being hypocritical to finish off there. Say, <laughs> so, you know, yeah, Saturdays are great, <laughs> but I remember actually, no, they're not great because it means I can't play this weekend, and it also means like community. Community club's obviously got a double edged sword. Now do I go play for my elector team? Do I go watch community game or do I go watch LSC? Well LSC comes first before well, anything. Both of my kids, luckily,
1: both of my kids who play for different teams, uh are they playing away this week, but they're both playing uh, to Ton which is further south from us. It's the it's an away game, but it's the equivalent of me driving to Sheffield. Wow. So yeah, that's that's our closest away game.
0: <laughs>
1: so um yeah, well, luckily both kids are, are playing at the same grounds, so otherwise I'd so have had to have one at home, one away, and, and we'd have had to take two cars and split and everything, but uh, yeah, so I,
0: I know, I know it's, a, it's a pain, but it's uh, it's
1: what we do. You know? Good old Australia,
0: eh? To the end Right, we'll leave that there for another edition of the podcast, um, as always, mate, thanks for your time, and come on, you will. Definitely.